Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hello and welcome to the episode today. We would specifically like to welcome all the people that are listening to us in Zagreb in Croatia. I'm sure I have completely mangled the pronunciation of your lovely town or city, but Google let me down. I Googled it to try and understand how to pronounce it and it didn't really help me out. So please let me know if I've pronounced that correctly, but welcome. We know you're listening and thanks for tuning in. So today we are starting our month of wardrobe decluttering and organization, a whole month of episodes dedicated to your wardrobe. We thought this would be a really good idea because Beck and I could talk for hours and hours on this topic. So we thought we'd break it up into some bite-sized chunks for you. And today we are going to talk about the psychology behind what you have in your wardrobe. Yes, we are. And I think a great question to start off with is why? Like what's what's the big deal about the psychology of what's in our wardrobe and how is it going to help us? And so could you answer that, Tara? You're the why person. Yeah, I think like lots of things in our life, if we understand the why or understand the motivation behind what we do, it helps us to be a lot more intentional when we carry out our actions or behaviours from that point. And when you don't define why you buy what you buy or own what you own or wear what you wear, then you it'll be it's hard to jump to the next step where you buy intentionally or purchase intentionally. And later in the month, we're going to talk about how to own an intentional wardrobe and how to purchase and curate that. But I feel like preceding all of that stuff you have to understand why your wardrobe is at the point that it is at now and what Mm. motivates you does that kind of Mm. give you an answer answers it perfectly for me thank you to start off with have a think about your existing wardrobe what you currently own everything that's in there even the stuff at the back at the top at the bottom scrunched to the side things that you own which you say oh you know haven't worn that for years or I'm sure I'll part with that at some point. I just haven't got to it. When you think about all the stuff you own in your wardrobe and then you think about the things that you wear the most, quite often we gravitate towards clothing that has previously made us feel great or feel safe or feel secure. So when we're talking about things like style, a lot of people find their dress style or their sense of style in the years of about 18 to 25 quite often those you know there's a lot of storming and forming that goes on in your teenage years you know one day you'll be um doing your okay so I'm talking from personal experience here I went through my sporty spice phase (laughs) where I did lots of big hair bright orange t-shirts and platform trainers you know, because I was a wannabe Spice Girl. And, um, you know, that that phase lasted for a while and then, it, you know, wasn't really sustainable. And then I went through, I think I went through my goth phase for about a weekend, wore a lot of black and <laughs> put black lipstick on. That didn't really work for me either. And I tried, you know, something else. And I think, you know, that's part of teenage years is, is 
working out your identity, who you are, and, Mm -hmm. you know, trying a few things on for style and for size and seeing if they work for you. And then quite often, somewhere between the years of 18 and 25, you find something that kind of works for you. You feel confident in it. You feel happy. Mm. And so many people, once they hit that point, they stick with that style and they never change. And I think sometimes you can almost tell how old someone is based on (laughs) the style they have because you can say that bohemian style, you know, and the way of putting things together was really popular in the mm. mid nineties. So you must have been, you know, <laughs> born then. And that must yeah. make you this old now. Cause some people just they just grab onto it and it sticks and they stay that way for life. And makeup styles do that as well, don't they? I still mm. do my makeup. Like I don't do the whole contouring and I don't do any I just still oh, do makeup no. the same way I did in the, in the late 90s um in fact I heard a it was only yesterday I was listening to a podcast um chat 10 looks three which my lovely friend Fiona put me on to and they had a makeup artist who was um doing makeup of one of the co-hosts while the show was being recorded and they <laughs> asked her what the most important if she could only do one thing to her face before she left the house in terms of makeup, what would it be? What's the most important? I was like, oh, this would definitely be, you know, lipstick or mascara. And she said <laughs> eyebrows. I was like, so what? Like, what? Yeah. That's not even on my radar. I think maybe it <laughs> should be. But I was like, yeah, that's, well, I, but, we're too old. That's the thing because now mm. eyebrows are the rage. But I'm like, sorry, I missed that boat. I'm back in the <laughs> age where eyebrows, the thinner, the better. Like, that was, <laughs> yeah, you know, I plucked all night out. And now they don't go back, so you can tell how old I am because I'm clearly a teenager in the 90s where less was better. And, you know, um, that's it. I'm stuck. So uh, Stuck with no I eyebrows. Feel, mm. I feel like clothes are the same. And we tend to hold on to the clothes that we have that remind us of happier times. Mm. So one of the things I think as well, other than our makeup and our overall style, that we hold on to that make us feel great safe and secure is the style of our jeans if you're a jeans wearer quite often you have a favorite style so back in my heyday it was all about the bootlegs Mm. and I remember skinny or then jeans went to you know straighter styles and I was like I'm having none of that I'd never (laughs) and then they went to skinny and I was like I'm still rocking the bootlegs because I don't know. I, yeah. I don't I didn't know how feel to do skinny, skinny. Yeah. jeans. And I was like, that's, you know, that's not what we looked for. I didn't, I never looked. And then how do you wear boots or, you know, train? What are you going to see my socks now? Because, <laughs> you know, like I was, I struggled big time with moving on from bootlegs. So eventually I caught that wave and now I'm on the skinny jean train with everyone else and now I've started seeing all these flared jeans advertised I'm like do you know how long it took me to (laughs) shift my mindset away from bootlegs to skinny now you want me to go not only back to bootlegs but like hardcore flare jeans I'm like I just I don't know I've got the energy for that maybe by 2030 you might have caught up yeah I'll get there just in time for them to be back to to straight leg or something like that but you know and quite often jeans is because jeans are quite a comfortable place for a lot of people and so 
you can, you know, feel safe and secure in a style of jeans mm. that reminds you of a time when you were confident and and happy and felt great and safe. And then moving on from those styles can be tough. That whole feeling of safe, that word safe that you used, I find um, I reckon is one of the biggest indicators of what's in our wardrobe. And I think that most people keep things that make them feel safe. And that's not a bad thing, but sometimes it can mean that you're feeling safe, but you're not necessarily feeling like yourself or you're not necessarily getting a chance to reflect who you are or show you know, who you are on the inside on the outside as well. And one of the examples of a safe wardrobe is the all black wardrobe. And I've had lots of clients who have just had everything in black and they all say to me, they never say black suits me. They all say, I don't have to think about it when everything is black. It's safe. I don't have to worry about making a mistake matching colours. I don't have to stand out. Um, I'm safe and I'm, you know, secure. And quite a lot of the time their personalities don't match that Um, and they, they know that but it's the only thing that they know and so they stick to that. So that whole safety thing is a really big thing. And, and I, you know, from a personal perspective, I've never been the type of person who's been fashion forward. And my mum my mum is and she used to, to joke that I was always two years behind the fashion <laughs> and she would, as a teenager, she would sort of get me clothes and encourage me to wear clothes and then I'd wear them, I'd be mortified and embarrassed or, or, or I'd just not want to wear them. And whereas my mum is very adventurous with fashion and I was very concerned. Conservative. And I still am, you know, fairly conservative with, with fashion. I'm definitely not fashion forward. And so for me, that's there's safety in that as well. There's safety in not being the first person to wear a particular type of fashion. And as I've gotten older, I'm getting a lot more adventurous. Now I care a lot less what people think. And so if I see a style somewhere, even if it's not the current fashion, I'll go out looking for that, thinking, oh, that, that'll suit me. I, I like that. That'll suit me. And so I'll go for it. But there's a lot of, you know, a lot of safety in in blending in and not standing out. And sometimes our wardrobes reflect that as well. Yeah, I feel like we should put a little side note to this, that we, throughout this um, month of talking about wardrobes, that we're not advocating that you need to change what you're wearing and we're certainly not advocating that you need to be up with fashion and stay on trend and that kind of thing. I guess we just want to plant the seed of being intentional about not only what you wear but what you bring in to wear for future mm-hmm. and to try and get you to a place where your wardrobe is something joyful and um, celebrates who you are and, yeah. and is easy. that you love. Yeah, mm. and it yeah, is not Straight it doesn't forward. cause you stress, mm. doesn't cause you overwhelm. So if you are rocking your style from 1978 and you love it and you own it and it works for you and you feel great in it, awesome. There's absolutely nothing in this that we are saying that's mm. not okay. You need to get with well and you know what, to be fair, you're probably back in fashion now with those flared jeans <laughs> yeah. you own from the seventies. <laughs> but it's not about keeping up with fashion no. necessarily as it is about finding a good rhythm that works for you when it comes to your clothes. So I just wanted to put that in there to make sure yeah. people don't think we're advocating. Up for the start. And also we should say we're not stylists either, so we can't sort of say, you know. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, Tara and I both have very similar 
styles, don't we, Tara? Like we both, I'm, I'm sure I could wear most of the clothes in your wardrobe and they would suit me and I'd feel comfortable in them. We seem to wear the same yeah, types of clothes. except mine would all be too big for you, but other No, that, we're about it. the same size. Although you, I wouldn't wear any of your scarves because I don't do scarves. My head's too small for scarves. I look ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I've recently <laughs> downsized my scarves. You would be impressed. I now mm. only own about 300. <laughs> But I have them sorted into seasons now. <laughs> that makes yeah. all the difference. I have <sighs> spring, autumn and winter scarves. No summer. Yeah. No summer scarves anymore. Let them go. Yeah. Um, but, yes, yeah, so we do. We there's. I think that was the first time I met you. I was like, ooh, I like you had like a little tweedy looking skirt on. And I was like, I think I like this girl. <laughs> and except then I said, will you have tea or coffee? And you said neither. And I was like, uh-oh. there is a disconnect going on here I love the skirt and then you bought a hot chocolate I was like trouble oh dear yeah well I think I noticed your shoes you had some like you did I remember you telling me yeah Mm. yeah and that was the first half hour of our conversation was about (laughs) brogues we're so Um, deep aren't we yeah yeah totally um so you were touching on before about you know, being fashion forward. And I wanted to explore the idea of changing our style based on advertising and exposure. And I I think we would probably all like to think that we're so confident in our own self and our own style that we wouldn't be swayed. But mm. the truth is that's just not true. Mm. Um, the exposure effect that fashion companies use works it works on the basis of of um the fact that the more you see something the more you're exposed to it the more likely you are to have a good reaction and when you think about it we use this same exposure effect in lots of areas of our life um it's the exact same thing that we do when we keep putting broccoli on our kids' plates Mm -hmm. night after night after night, hoping that one day they'll eat it. And to start with, they might just dismiss it based on look alone. Two weeks later, they might be convinced to lick it but not actually (laughs) chew it. And eventually they might take a tiny bite and they might have to take one tiny bite for two months before then they start having a positive reaction. And eventually they'll like it and eventually, eventually they'll probably love it. And that is just exposure effect. And we do that with with kids and with all sorts of things and lots of facets of our lives. And the fashion industry does the exact same thing. So when you see something new or quirky or a bit out there in a social media fashion post or a celebrity wears something, usually it's only the really fashion-forward people that are likely to walk out there and buy it straight away from a store. Mm. But when that style keeps showing up and popping up again and again in advertising and then people in your social groups maybe start wearing it um, and the look goes from being something subconscious that you just, you know, kind of comes and goes to popping out in your conscious mind more, eventually Mm. you end up giving it a go. And that's how trends happen. They start, they form. Um, where, you know, bombarded with images, people start up taking it and then we find ourselves doing the same thing. Yeah, it's um, and the, the more conservative we are, the longer it takes us, I guess. So everyone will sit in a certain place there. And 
There are some people who just eschew fashion altogether. They're just like, I'm not interested. I'm going to wear the same things I've been wearing for the last 20 years and I'm not, I could not care less. Uh, but most of us sort of sit in the middle there where we will eventually take on the current fashion. And, and I mean, you can't, you don't really have much of a choice unless you're an op shopper in that, you know, you need a new top and you go out and you go to the stores and they're all, pretty much having the latest fashions and so you kind of end up just by default buying what's in fashion because that's the only thing that's available unless you're an op shopper. One of the the things about fashion and exposure and following trends is that quite often it makes it easier to fit in with your peers or friends or colleagues when you when people around you are taking up what's fashionable or on trend it's it's quite easy to go with the flow and then fit into that mold as well. If you're wearing corporate wear from the 80s with big shoulder pads and large buttons and really thick pinstripes and people around you are wearing, you know, really tight-fitting, pared-down, tailored jackets, you know, um, block colours, no stripes, things like that, it shouldn't have to matter and it, sh- you know, it shouldn't. People shouldn't judge you by that. Absolutely. The sad part is, quite often they do, and mm. it's quite easy to fall into step or fall into line with your peers when you look similar to them. Yeah. Um, and sometimes people will go out of their way to find people that that fit their style or fit their fashion. But if you have people around you that you love that you want to spend time with or that you work with, and you have no choice to be around them and you want to feel like part of that collective quite often it's easy to follow that mm. follow that trend as well definitely true for teenagers of course mm, absolutely i had a um moment when we first moved to the uk and most aussies would agree we are a pretty casual bunch of mm. people <laughs> um pretty laid back and will often dress down more than we dress up and mm. that's a big generalization obviously there's you know a lot of people that don't live like that but so when we first moved to the UK we'd only been there for a couple of weeks and it was my eldest daughter's first day of school and I dropped her to school I think it was some end of summer I had like a pair of I was in my active wear basically I had a pair of you know uh, gym tights or yoga pants or something on and like a hot pink exercise t-shirt on and I dropped my daughter to school on the first day and I was looked around me and thought whoa these people must all have some pretty swanky jobs to go to these mums are dressed up and then the next day and the next day when I kept showing up in my active wear to drop my child to school and because for the first week I think we walked them into the classroom so it was, you know, you could see people around you. Mm. I was like, yeah, this, you know, this, there's a lot of working mums here or, you know, people that are in high-profile positions that are dressed and not even dressed corporately but just dressed very well, very smart. And then, bless it, one of the mums said to me, oh, gosh, um, are you – you know, you must be so fit or you're working out. And I was like, uh, sorry, what? And she said, oh, well, you you know, you come in your gym gear, so I'm guessing you drop your daughter to school and then go to the gym every day after you've dropped her. And I'm like, uh, nope. <laughs> this is just, I just hang out my active wear, you know. Today I'm going to clean the oven and go for a walk, I don't, you know. And 
then I met another Australian mum and she was quite dressed up and she goes, oh, yeah, that was me. I was the same, but she <laughs> said people dress up here. So in the UK, well, certainly in the pocket I lived in, people would only wear their active wear when they were being active. You would put your gym clothes on, go to the gym, then go home and get changed into your normal clothes. Mm. I was like, ah, oh. so this persona I had as the fit one from Australia, <laughs> which was so wrong, was only because I was living in my active wear all the time. So then my style changed and it was I felt more comfortable and felt like I fitted in mm. better wearing, you know, jeans and a shirt or, you know, cardigan or something um to school drop off because otherwise I was giving people the false impression I was super fit which clearly I was not (laughs) yeah because we do that in Australia a lot right the active Mm. wear just gets warm I'm just looking down now I'm not wearing nice active wear but I'm in my trackies now because I've got the whole day at home and so if I don't have to wear something nice I am definitely not going to (laughs) so I'm with you on that I, I I've carried it with me I think because I ended up living like that for four years so quite often now I Mm. own very little active wear now because I only wear it when I'm being active yeah um so I but currently I am in my active wear because I'm going to go coach netball practice after Mm. um our podcast today so it's my excuse I am quite happy to use that excuse to hang out in my um active wear but yeah, it's that that whole idea that it's quite often it's easier to just fit in with mm. your peers if you go along with whatever is in fashion or is is the trend or the, the style yeah. of the moment. Yeah. So when we're thinking about our sense of self and how that is reflected in the clothes we wear, there's a phenomenon called the psychology of dress. And Dr. Jennifer Baumgartner, again, I've probably destroyed her name, um, she writes a book called You Are What You Wear, What Your Clothes Reveal About You. And she explains how some of the stuff going on in your head can determine the choices we make with our clothing. And Mm. so I've got a little list here of some of the perceptions that we hold or problems. I don't want to call them problems, maybe concerns that we have about our clothing and our image and how that's that's reflected in, in what we wear. So The first one she mentions, she said, if you keep every piece of clothing you've ever owned that you might, that might indicate in you that you're clinging to the past through the sentimental value of your pieces. And I think that's pretty, I'd say that's pretty Mm. accurate. Again, if, if you're a minimalist and you're keeping things because you don't purchase anything more and you're, you know, you're keeping them until they wear out rather than they go out of style, well then that's an entirely different thing. But mm. if you keep bringing things in but just never let go of anything, then maybe you need to have a look at why you can't part with with your clothes and what sentimental value they're holding. One of them she mentions is that if you're wearing generally only neutrals mm. and avoid accessori- accessorising those things, you know, so you have a pretty bland or plain wardrobe that that can indicate that you might be stuck in a bit of a rut and that you're you feel too comfortable you you don't feel like shaking it up you don't want to draw any extra attention to yourself and you know I guess it does happen a lot and I think sometimes we will dress to try and just fade into the background Mm. I know when I've worn a black dress to a ball or a you know black tie function 
if you wear a black dress, you will fade in to the mm. background. And sometimes that is the mood you're in yeah. and you feel like just being part of the the background rather than standing out. But I think if you have that feeling regularly on a daily basis, that might be worth examining. Yeah. I mean, unless you, I mean, for all of this, if you're comfortable that way, that's fine. And so like with everything that we're talking about, it's when you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable or a little bit wrong that this might these might be worth addressing. Absolutely. So she says if you're dressing in clothing too large for your body, you might see your body differently than others see it um, or you're seeing your body as a reflection of the way it once was. And I know a lot of people that, that lose weight. There's a few reasons for dressing in clothing that's too big. Um, mm. Sometimes it's because they don't want to invest in new clothing until they stop losing weight or till they get to their their goal weight but some people the the bigger baggier clothing is is just comfortable and they don't they don't know where to go to next so I think Mm. maybe to solve that you would you could take an honest friend shopping with you and um, stop looking at the sizes and start looking at stuff that Mm. fits and feels good rather than always you know people get so fixated on I'm a size 16 I will only buy size 16 and every size 16 is slightly different so I think sometimes we've got to forget the size, forget the tag and just wear yeah. what fits. And sometimes you're actually not even that size. You could just get mm. stuck on that somehow. I have a client at the moment who had um, has had significant weight loss and, you know, she, she sort of just she doesn't really know what to do with herself fashion-wise at the moment. She doesn't know what to buy. She doesn't know what suits her. It's a whole, it's all new, you know, and um, and she's really struggling with that at the moment as well as, you know, just what, what do I wear? I don't, I don't, I don't know this body anymore and I don't know how to dress it anymore. And uh, yeah, so that's just sort of a bit stuck there too. Yeah. And I think having someone external come and be a friend or a family member or someone else a stylist. To, Stylists are yeah. great for that. And I've recommended a stylist to her because, you know, stylists are really good at, at just getting you to think outside the square. And uh, as long as you get a stylist that doesn't try and dress you like they are, which I had one once, <laughs> but, you know, a, a good stylist that, that can understand you and um, listen to you would be, you know, really quite valuable in that situation. Mm. If you have been told that you dress inappropriately for your age or too sexily or something like that. I think um, those people should just shut up, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Firstly, tell them to zip it. But also, uh, if you're wearing the same outfit for a family barbecue and then going nightclubbing, then maybe you need to <laughs> switch it up and just consider which outfit you're putting on and whether it's appropriate for the occasion. Um Again, though, if you feel great in it Mm. um, and it's just the people around you that are offended, you know, you have my permission to put them back in their box. But But if you feel uncomfortable. If you mm. arrive to to an event or an outing and you feel like you might be underdressed or you might be overdressed or it's not appropriate, then maybe you're not gauging the situation and the, the occasion before you get dressed. So maybe put a bit more bit more time into that dress one of her her issues or problems she calls them is if you dress too young or too old for your age oh see this i i have a problem with this i have a problem with anyone saying that someone should dress a certain way in in just in general 
So I'm already objecting yeah. to this a lot of this book because <laughs> I just, you know, I just think that people should be able to wear whatever they want. And the only time that I think that you you should really worry about what other people think is when you're at a job interview or at work. And I think any other time you should be able to just wear whatever you want and and everyone else just leave you alone because, you know, so what if you want to wear, like this is the thing, I, I will wear the same things as teenagers and I'm 43 and if anyone were to tell me that I shouldn't be wearing that, then I tell you what, they'll hear a great deal from me. And, you know, this, the same goes for a teenager who wants to wear something that someone in their 50s would wear. It's like who cares? Just oh, I get really annoyed at this. I just want people to be able to wear whatever they want without having to worry about people judging them and saying, but you're 43 and why are you wearing that? It just oh, irritates me. Sorry. Yeah. No, I I hear you absolutely. I I think the value in this book is when people are feel like they are in a rut um, and and they need to climb out of that rut and looking for some some indicators yeah. of, of where they might be or you know how they might have got into that rut. I don't yeah, I don't agree that people should tell you my kids feel very free to tell me on occasion <laughs> that I, they're like uh that's a bit granny-ish I usually I don't very often get the you that's too young for you I usually get they'll be like mom that's that top looks a bit granny on you and I'm like uh, but I like it yeah and that's another thing it's like what what's wrong with looking like granny well my, my granny's pretty stylish so I'm quite happy yeah I'm told I'm looking like her but <laughs> Um, I guess if you feel like in, you're in a rut and people around you are saying, you know, you know, you don't need to wear the twin set just yet, you know, you've got an amazing mm. figure, you know, feel free to flaunt it. If if and if that resonates with you and you want to do it, but you don't know, you don't know why or you don't know how, then you know, step back a bit and see if if the clothes you're wearing reflect your internal age forget the external age Mm. if you feel like it's matching your internal age then go for it and and match your outfit with with your mood or your Mm. your goals you know if you are traveling the world and having an amazing holiday then the outfits you wear might be different than you know the ones that you're wearing when you're home and cleaning the house so Mm. or trying to get a promotion keep it in perspective I guess yeah um, if you're always in your work clothes, and I know a lot of people fall into this trap that that's kind of that's a big comfort zone, and sometimes it can be if you don't have a uniform, you create a uniform from your wardrobe and they're mm. your work clothes, but then it gets to the weekend you and you don't have, mm. yeah, you don't have casual clothes then because your entire wardrobe has become your work uniform. Um, that's like my then, wardrobe I wear the same things to work as I wear to out yeah I yeah I don't I, I have kind of I have a preference for either way mm. and I think sometimes it's just about recognizing who you are at work and who you are outside of work and that there, there might be different styles appropriate for those two different oh, that's interesting different yeah because I think I'm the same person outside of work as I am when I'm working so maybe that then the fact that I wear the same clothes either way is probably an accurate representation of me then maybe hmm. yeah I think for me because my work days usually include 
you know, so most of my work I will do from my home office and is all virtual. And mm. so I still like to, I don't dress in my uh, active wear for work unless I'm podcast recording like today um, <laughs> because I feel like then I'm in relax mode. Oh, and yeah. so I still dress myself for work, even if I have no um, I want to see. video clients that mm. day, because I feel like it gets my head in the right space. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that this is a, a problem so much, but she mentions if you're covered in designer logos. So I guess this becomes a problem if if you feel like you need to wear your your wealth on the outside and showcase your brand names to be treated a certain way, mm. um, then maybe put a bit more value on who you are as a person and know that people aren't being your friend because you've got a designer jacket on or are sporting, you know, some logo of a beautiful brand. If you're a lovely, genuine person, people will be your friend regardless of what you're wearing. So don't limit yourself to feeling like you've got to broadcast your wealth to people in order to make them be attracted to you, mm. I guess. Her last one I kind of have a bit of an issue with. She <laughs> says if you live in your mum outfit of jeans and a hoodie, uh, then it might be indicating that you're putting the needs of your family before your own. I think maybe it's just indicating that you just want to be comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Because <laughs> there's so much uh, she, to do. Yeah, she recommends take more me time. Remember, when mum isn't happy, nobody is. Yeah, mm. I agree with that. But also if you're... If your mum outfit makes you feel good, great. If your mum outfit is going to be covered in, you know, booger and vomit by the end of the day, then, yeah, don't wear your beautiful yeah. black dress around the house while you're carrying your baby around. I think yeah. mum outfit is fine. The problem often comes when your kids get older and you can't remember what who you outfit, are anymore. what your style mm. is mm. without, you know, and that, that jeans and the hoodie becomes your everyday style yeah 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 I think yeah I think it's more about I don't think it's necessarily about putting the needs of your family before your own I think it's more about getting stuck in a comfort rut and some people are quite happy being in that comfort rut and others are not but they're in there anyway and I think yeah if you are in it then you could address that but if you if you don't care then nothing wrong with jeans and a hoodie until you're 77 absolutely so I think we're going to leave it there for the psychology of what's in your wardrobe. We are going to explore the idea of style and finding your style and curating an intentional wardrobe a bit more in future episodes. Join us again next week. We're going to be looking at how to organize your wardrobe. So once you have worked out what you feel great in, we're going to start looking at decluttering and then putting it back in a really organized and helpful way. So this this week we're not going to do a challenge as such. What we want to do is stick with the theme of wardrobe, seeing we're having wardrobe month. And rather than finding you a separate challenge to do, I think based on the episode today, what it would be good is if this week you could start to think about what you've got in your wardrobe and why and whether or not you think that that needs to change. Uh, So think about the reasons why you have the things that are in your wardrobe and are you not happy with um, what's in there at the moment and do you need to change it and, and start thinking about how and then next week we'll get sorted on um, on helping you work out how to, to change that. Thanks for joining us. 
If you've enjoyed listening, we'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or via Facebook and Instagram or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.